Did I capture your imagination? Did I break you down, make you smile? It's a serious little situation. Why don't we loosen up and dance a while? You need a loose lip lover with a heart of honey. You need a sex cadet when duty calls. Shadows bouncing off the wall. Let it go, let it go. Loosen up, yeah, let it go. Let it go, let it go. It's alright. Let it go, let it go. Shake it up now, let it go. Just tell me when you think you're ready. Show me yours. Monty and the gosh, it it got ten Tony nominations, including Best Musical. And Bay Area Musicals is going to be um, producing this particular work um, for its next uh, its next play for this season, and it's going to be opening up next week. 
uh, February 15th and going through March 15th, a whole month at the Victoria Theater in San Francisco. And um, the music and lyrics are by David uh, Zabek and the book by Terrence uh, McNally, you know, ragtime fame. And, uh, and the direction and choreography uh, is Leslie Wack. Uh, Wagoner, and the music direction is, is John Gallo, and it sounds like it's going to be really, really fun. Um, yeah, the premise is really interesting, and I'm waiting for our guest uh, to join us to talk about about the play and um, and his character. Um, yeah, we're going to be speaking to Albert Hodge. He plays Noah Simmons, and Albert is an Oakland native, so. Um, so anyway, while we wait for Albert to join us, I uh, want to remind folks that uh, if you are looking at going to college, um, looking to um, uh, to see what your options are, there is um, going to be a uh, black college tour at Laney College tomorrow, Saturday. So you want to make sure you are catching that. That should be really, really awesome. And... Um, and I don't have all of my list of uh, events happening for Black History Month at Laney and at College of Alameda, but I know that's happening. <laughs> and um, and so anyway, let me uh, let me play something else while I see where our guest is because I was really looking forward to speaking to Albert. Um, yeah, yeah. So what are we gonna play? We're gonna play. Um, it's really hard for me to like. Um, Oh, gosh, I want to play something that's not too long because you might say, oh, my gosh, we didn't get a chance to hear all of that. So, um, oh, you know what, gosh, I wanted to play something uh, from um, Delphio um, Marcellus because his his new CD drops today. Darn, I have to try to get that together. It is so awesome. It's about partying in New Orleans, New Orleans style, and I know Mardi Gras is coming up. And that would have been so good to be able to play that. But anyway, I don't have it right now <laughs> to be able to play it. Um, and as I am stalling, he might call in. But let me see. Uh, oh, I think I'll play uh, Dwight Tribble's uh, Little Africa. That's a really beautiful piece. I hope Dwight's doing well. Love for him to come back up to the Bay Area because he is so phenomenal.
So I'm hoping that people are, are familiar with it or have heard it on, on the radio because they have been playing it, I understand. Oh, really? Oh, I haven't been playing it because I don't have it. Oh, <laughs> We have to talk about talking. Yeah, yeah. I, I just heard, I just, like, listened to two pieces, and um, I saw I've Known Rivers. Like, oh, we were just reading Langston Hughes this morning in my um, one of my classes here where I teach at the College of Alameda, and I'm like, oh, and I was like, look at Dwight to like be calling on um, Nancy Hughes, but you have a woman who's doing the poem. Who is she? Her name is Ujazi Calame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, usually when uh, somebody does a recitation on uh, that particular poem, it's usually a man. Mm-hmm. And the man is <laughs> always doing it in, in this very emotive, hand-wringing style. And I said, you know, I wanted to have a woman whose voice sounded like just a peaceful stream Mm. that, you know, that she has been through all of these things, but she don't have to, uh, you know, to to, to do it and do it in in an overtly emotional way, but just do it in a a uh, matter-of-factly, deep-water kind of way. And uh, and I thought that... uh, Ujazi, her voice and and the way she does it is 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 very serene and 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 beautiful and and it gives the song a, you know almost another kind of uh, perspective. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very very nice. Um. Yeah. I mean, but your voice. Uh, I remember. I think. I think I first heard you with Farrell Saunders. That's right. And and you were doing a John Coltrane piece. I'm like. You know, that's the, that's another interesting thing is, you know, um, with all of the times that I've come and played at Yoshi's and, mm-hmm. uh, and around and about the Bay Area and Oakland and so forth, I've always come there working sort of as a part of somebody else's group. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you get a chance to, to see Dwight Tribble from that perspective, but the people in the Bay Area has never actually seen my own presentation. Mm-hmm. With my own band, right, right. So who's in your band? Well, we have um, Trevor Ware on bass, mm-hmm. and we have Mark DeClive Low on piano, and a Dexter Story on drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, so, nice. And usually there's a guy um, that 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 plays with us sometimes uh, with this particular band, uh, Miguel Atwood Ferguson, but mm-hmm. uh, he couldn't make this gig. He plays viola. But, mm, nice yeah. viola, ooh. But uh, but <laughs> we'll be working with with just a trio this time. But it'll it's it's uh, it's going to be uh, I, I I think it's going to be very very powerful. Mm, mm. And I hope that people will um, you know will get their tickets mm-hmm. uh, to do it because of course you know if if uh, you know if we don't get a lot of people there then Yoshi won't bring us back. So we do want to come back as much as possible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we definitely want you to come back because I was reading, um, you know, your bio and I was looking at, you know, some of the ensembles that you've been um, instrumental and uh, actually director of, um, like the Horace Tapscott Pan-African People's Orchestra. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. When are y'all coming up here <laughs> as yeah, well? Yeah, now see, so that, that uh, you know, I, I, I feel that a successful 
date uh, up there would facilitate something like that, bringing, mm-hmm. bringing the, the, the whole Pan-African People's Orchestra up there. I mean, I think that would be great, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a very, very powerful group, you know, and the music is, is strong and powerful, and there's nothing like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing like it. Yeah, tell us about it. Well, uh, it was the creation of, of Horace Tapscott, um, and this, uh, I think last year was the 50th anniversary of this group. 50th? Uh, actually, wow. Yeah, yeah. 50th? The 50th anniversary of the group. Oh. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of people that's, that's uh, come through the band mm-hmm. over the years, you know, such as Leon Thomas and mm. Arthur Blythe and... Uh, mm. um, you know, I mean, just uh, what's the guy's name that does the conduction now? Uh, can't think of his name, but he's he's become very popular in uh, in a new style of of, of conducting uh, jazz music mm. with big band. But it's it's been something that uh, Horace has chosen to keep within the community, mm-hmm. something uh, with, within the African American community, and he dedicated his life to that. And, uh, you know, some of the compositions uh, uh, that they play is written by various members throughout the years uh, uh, with the orchestra. And, uh, I mean, you've, you've just never it's, it's, it's seen uh, a coming together of, of, of uh, these great musicians because a lot of the beautiful musicians, they, 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 they still come. You know, I mean, all of the, uh, uh, you know, you're talking Kamal Daoud, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Azar Lawrence, um, Michael Session, um, you know, I mean, just all of the best of the best, Kamasi, Washington, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, so everybody has their own group individually, mm-hmm. but we all come together uh, uh, periodically to be a part of this uh, Pan-African People's Orchestra. And, you know, if you can imagine when you bring all of the powers together to uh, to play in a band like that, it's, it's really something to behold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. So we need to come up there, because I know that, especially Oakland, I, you know, I know that 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 it's something that we have great kinship in, you know, because mm-hmm. Oakland is is a place that's that's real, and looking for, you know, I mean, if if you come to Oakland, you know, you better be real. You know, <laughs> don't be, don't don't we, they don't, they don't want no. Uh, you know, somebody perpetrating. You gotta come <laughs> real if you're coming up there. You know, mm-hmm. so that's and I think that that's something that um, that the orchestra and mm-hmm. and Oakland has in common. So it, we really do need to be up there. Mhm. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, what songs did you compose that uh? became a standard for the uh, the orchestra? Well, I didn't actually compose this song, but there is a song that's on Cosmic that mm. the orchestra ends every performance with, and over all the years, there's mm-hmm. this one song that we end the, end the, uh, end the thing with, and, and so it's kind of, you know, down here, it's kind of been known as, as, as my signature song, mm-hmm. because, you know, whenever the art plays, you're going to hear me sing that one, that song. And it's called Little Africa. Ah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so since I sang it so much, and everybody here knows about all about the history of it, mm-hmm. I thought I should put it on the Cosmic Record. Yeah. And um, and so that the people around the world can 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 hear it, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, hear the the uh, beauty and the message of the song. 
Yeah, so tell us about Little Africa. Who's the composer? Well, the composer was Linda Hill and Horace Tapscott. Mm-hmm. Linda Hill, she was uh, um, a composer and pianist, pianist with the orchestra mm-hmm. back in the uh, late 60s and 70s. Uh, she's passed away now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as is uh, Mr. Tapscott, too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was, uh, boy, I tell you, it seems like uh, so many of the the beautiful uh great mentors are just about all gone now and so what does that mean that means that now we are the elders <laughs> yeah yeah it does it does certainly, it's, certainly. it's time you know i mean um, they were they blessed us and 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 groomed us so that we could groom somebody else Mm-hmm. And so that that uh, this whole thing could keep on moving. So you know, ready or not, here we are. Mm-hmm. All of them <laughs> are gone. Yeah. So they're living through the music and living through you. Yeah. And yes, mm-hmm. and me and, and some of the others. Right. Right. Yeah. I think about the world stage and your relationship with uh, Billy Higgins. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, Billy. And Horace, I mean, they, you know, it seemed like all the time they were, they, they knew that they were not going to be here very much longer, so they, they, they really uh, made it a mission within themselves to hmm. to get us together and to come to their houses and to and to just teach, you know, to talk, teach. Hmm. And, and uh, we did a lot of music, we played a lot of music, but we also had a lot of times where we just sat and, and just talked. Hmm. Talked about life and talked about history and mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, we just figured that, well, hey, it, it, you know, we had a beautiful time and we're having a good time, but we didn't know that they would be gone so soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. The thing yeah. about uh, <laughs> black musicians, but, you know, sometimes we don't get to stay too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Just a second. Um, I don't know how to pause this. Yeah, so we were talking about, um, you know, some of these uh, now ancestors yeah. and the legacy that they have. Um, I call on them. I call on them every chance I get. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever there's something that uh, that I need help on, mm-hmm. I hey Horace, come on man, <laughs> give, me, give me some help. Tell me what to do. What's mm-hmm. happening here? Yeah, so I, I call on call on them regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, you know, you've you've performed with some of the like some of such notables, and I'm just gonna just list a few of them. Some of them are ancestors, and some are still with us in this realm. Oscar Brown Jr. Yes, yeah, yes. Shay to him. Um, Charles Lloyd still trucking. Billy Charles, wonderful composer. I love his yes. work. Kenny Bur- uh, Burrell. Yeah. yeah, Kenny yeah. Garrett, Steve Teray, Harold Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shay to him. Uh, Harry Belafonte. Going Strong, Della Reese, Norman Connors, John Beasley, Patrice Freshen, Babatunde Lee, who has brought you up. We've seen you with that group. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah I'm, that. I'm hoping that uh, me and, me and Babatunde uh, were doing, uh, I, I, I know he was telling me he's working on a thing uh, mm. uh, about Paul Robeson. And oh, nice. We'll get a chance to uh, do that soon. 
Wow, that should be interesting. Yeah. Ah, wow, so you're going to be singing some of Robeson's work? Yeah, and I, I also huh. have a project that I'm doing uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the music of Oscar Brown Jr. Oh, for real? But Yeah, but we have a, we have a really, really interesting twist to it. Mm. I mean, it's... Um, it's uh, a sort of a, a cosmic Oscar Brown Jr. show. Mm, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Cosmic's good. He, I mean, he's cosmic now. Yeah. I mean, so totally I mean, cosmic. And, and, and you know, so we the music is a little bit more spaced out, but mm. uh, you know, but like Sun Ra kind of spaced. It, 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 it's somewhere between there and and, and Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, and and it's it's a, it's a beautiful show. So we're we've done it already twice. Uh, oh. Uh, and we're looking to do a lot more of it uh, in uh, Black History Month. Nice, nice. I'm going to have to just come on down to L.A. if you're not going to be coming up this way. Well, I'm hoping maybe somebody up there might be interested in it. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people are interested in it. Yeah. That sounds really fantastic. Yeah, so John Beasley is a part of that group as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, you've also um, collaborated with uh, Ernie Watts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Khalil El-Zabar. Khalil El-Zabar. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play with him uh, on uh, November 16th in Chicago. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... What's the occasion? He's got this thing um, where it's called Elevation, and Mm. um, he's he's bringing in about uh, 15 musicians. And uh, you know of a progressive ilk, and and uh, I I will be singing with them on that. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of an improvisational uh, program, mm. but uh, I understand it's supposed to be a pretty big deal. Mm. Uh, so it's November sixteenth, and I will be putting on my heavy coat. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, and then um, you also. Um, uh, collaborated with contemporary soul artist L.A. Reid and uh, D.J. Rogers. Well, you know, when I was when I was a very young man, many many years ago, <laughs> uh, we had a group, an, uh, a group, and L.A. Reid was was the drummer of the group. Ah. This was before he became uh, famous with all the stuff that he's doing now, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I mean, we were young guys um, just trying to make some music and learn how to play the music. And uh, and this was uh, back in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was he was quite a great drummer at the time. Played uh, sort of in the style of Billy Cobham or Lenny White or somebody like that. Those were um, guys that he used to sort of emulate. And people don't really know that that. You know that the guy was really a fabulous drummer. Mm-hmm. The, you know, so um, you know musically, uh, he really knows what he's talking about, and and he was into a lot more progressive music, I guess, than he's doing now. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but the guy really was a drummer, and uh, the last time I did talk with him, which has been maybe 15 years ago, mm-hmm. he said that he would be content if he never played drums again. Mm. Oh, wow. And I was like, man, really? Mm. <laughs> How does a musician feel that way, you know, especially, you know, at at, at your age? Mm-hmm. And I guess he's never played drums again. Wow. 
Huh. Wow. That's hmm, that's really something. Isn't that something? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, back to cosmic. Um, I was thinking when you, when I when you were talking about um, uh, some of the. Uh, I guess inspirations for the for the for the uh, the latest release. I was thinking about. I was at a retreat this past weekend, and someone was reflecting, was saying that we're all we're all pieces of stardust, you know, floating out there. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really pretty. Um, and and then um, Alonzo King, who is a wonderful choreographer, um, he he's celebrating his, I think. Um, 30th anniversary or something like that now um he just closed his his um bay area uh premiere of, of new work and it was called constellations and and it um it was a collaboration with another artist who works in light and so within the piece there were these these lit lanterns and people were like they were in the shape of balls and they were manipulating them and playing with them and dancing with them and it was really beautiful and 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 so it all looked like you know sort of stars and planets moving around you know and i was just thinking about you know sort of constellations and the cosmos and cosmic and um why don't you talk some more about you know some of the uh pieces on on the uh on this latest uh cd and uh and and sort of how how you you sort of you know your vision and how it shifted or expanded or whatever from you know earlier pieces which you know you've got living water and you've got your self titled CD and then of course Baba Tunde Lee's um, uh, Umbo to Away yeah the dedication to Leon Thomason Thomas mm-hmm. well you know the first of all I I I think of you know when I think about uh, cosmic I think of of when I'm meditating mm. and you know when you finally get that moment um where everything comes together and you you surrender to it you can feel that you know the the the, the end and and the out and you know where everything is is completely out and it's also uh uh very much within you and all of it is coming together and 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 it's uh the thing that that makes everything make sense you know and it all comes together at that moment and it, and just being in that that state of uh of of bliss <clears throat> where where the whole universe is within you you know and to me that's where the the concept of 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 cosmic is mm-hmm. and so when i think about the music now and the direction that i want to go musically uh, i feel like that it's you know we we want to touch the whole universe with with this music you know and a lot of it is 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 extremely soulful um some of it uh might be construed as a little bit outside, but all of it comes together to make something um, hopefully that's unique enough and that um, um, ultimately will not only entertain <coughs> people but heal them. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, of course, my whole mission has been 
to uh, present a, a, a message of peace and a message that, that lets uh, us know that, that we're all one, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we have to, you know, truly respect each other's spirituality and humanity, and that there is a creator that is in control. Mm-hmm. And I feel that <clears throat> this is what sort of drives me and motivates me and, and has kept me going is to surrender, and to meditate, and to just, you know, let the spirit have its way in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that when 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 that happens, and I think about putting together and putting out a record, I want to give the people the very best that I know the very best that I know is that we have to surrender to the Creator because the Creator truly does have a master plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could hear you singing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, one of your, your pieces um, that I have listened to, because I only have listened to two, and one of the others, the other one is Speak to Us of Love. And uh, you say that I was inspired by uh, the text on love from Khalil Khalil Gibran, uh, Khalil Gibran's, um The Prophet, right. you know, which a lot of people know. And I was wondering, um, and then um, I was wondering if a lot of your work is inspired by literature, because um, there there seems to be. Uh, texts connected to a lot of your work, and a lot of times these texts are works that we know really well. They're like a part of our collective consciousness, but maybe we haven't thought about it or called it often enough. So, you know, you, you know, do your interpretive work and 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 you know write these wonderful pieces that. And in the recording, so then we have a document where, um, you know, we can play it often and think about these things often, as you say, you know, to to sort of remind us ourselves of what it means to be human um, and how art is so important to that particular um, place that we go as people, as human beings. Yeah, well, I, I plan to, to um, uh, have a, a record that is a record full of... Um, material um, words of wisdom Mm -hmm. uh, poetry by some of our great thinkers and uh, the whole record will will be done that way I I didn't want to divulge it but you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is what uh, one of my (laughs) next upcoming projects oh nice nice yes (laughs) oh that's great yeah speak to us of love is really beautiful yeah, you know, I mean, I, I and the thing is, is I had been doing that for a long time here, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I said, you know, it's time that people get a chance to, to, to see where that's coming from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of course, I've always been a, a Cahill Gabron uh, fan for years, and uh, that was probably one of the first books that uh, I received when I was uh, 16 that, that mm. started me on the course of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Who gave you the gift? Uh, a friend of uh, the girl that I was, the lady that I was seeing at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day he came, you know, I went to his house and he read it for me and I was just so jazzed by it and, and, mm-hmm. and he saw that 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 excitement in my eyes <laughs> and when I was leaving his house. He said, here, take this. 
Nice. Yeah. So, um, that's uh, been been with me a long time. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And then I noticed that I haven't heard it, but I, I know the version of it. Uh, one of the versions. I don't know your version, but the Ooh Chow. I love that song. Things are gonna get easier. Things are gonna get better. Is that that Ooh Chow? Yes, it is. Ooh, ooh. Yes, well, and people will hear it when they when we come to Yosemite. <laughs> they will hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, that's that's um, we got a we got a treatment on that. I think you'll like. Okay, okay, okay. And then um, haiku spelled differently for peace, and then right. come ye, which is that um, uh, Negro spiritual. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually I got it from Nina Simone. Oh, okay. And mm. uh, so, you know, and of course we just did our little play on words on the haiku thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, but Kamal Daoud mm-hmm. uh, uh, created uh, many haikus about um, about the the idea of peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I and and to me that's one of my favorite songs. Be, uh, on the well, I can't say it's, it's sort of my favorite, but. Because, you know, you can make another song and then I'll say, oh, yeah, that's my favorite. They're song. all your favorites. <laughs> but that one, I think, um, is giving you a glimpse of what's to come uh, with me in terms of the elevation, uh, evolution of, of, mm-hmm. of where uh, I'm looking for my music to go. Mm-hmm. That song there will give you a, give you a, a glimpse into that. Nice, nice. And so, tell me about the spelling H Y K U. H Y K U. No particular reason. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> we just did it like that. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. There's no story behind it. <laughs> okay, okay. Somebody yeah. thought it was cool. Mhm. Yeah, you know, last year when they did the L A Standard um, series of, you know, films and performances and art exhibits. Did you participate in any of that? No, nobody called on me at all. Oh, for real? Are you talking about the um, the Pacific Standard Time? Pacific Standard Time, right, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah for some yeah. reason, I, you know, I mean, I don't know whether I was, was out of the country when they were putting it together or mm-hmm. something, but, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, for, mm. all of a sudden it happened and, and, oh. and, and I got not one call about it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I just knew you'd be right there in the mix. I thought I would have, too. When, once I heard about it and mm-hmm. saw it, I, yeah. I, I don't know how it, how it happened. But oh, interesting. Anyway, wow. yeah, cause, it was nice. Yeah, because Larry Clark, um, a director um, he, of the film Passing Through, which was um, 1977, um, and I thought when you were talking, and then I just had to check it to make sure I was correct, um, Horace Tapscott is featured uh, in that film with the Pan-African People's Jazz Orchestra performing in mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then that made me think about you, because <laughs> you're the, yeah. you're the uh, director. And I'm uh, like, oh, uh, I'm I mean. The, I'm the director of the vocals. Oh, the vocals. Michael oh, Sexton okay. Michael is the director of the or- orchestra. Who's the director of the orchestra? Michael Sessions. Michael Sessions, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Director of the orchestra. He's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful sax player. Mhm. And in his own right, and he has his own group and stuff like that. But he is the director of the arc, and and mm-hmm. and and uh, we've been keeping this thing going, you know, ever since nice. Horace's passing in, mm-hmm. in 1998. 
Yeah. And we've we've been uh, we've been been rolling, mm-hmm. you know, and and we, of course, you know, when you have a, a huge group like that, you, you know, you don't work that often. <laughs> How big is the group? Oh, I would say all in all, I would say it's it's probably about fifty people. Oh, it's okay. It is it is huge. Yeah, you nice, know, sometimes nice. um, as things go, you know, you scale it down mm-hmm. um, uh, as you as you. Can mm-hmm. um, you know because sometimes uh, you know the the, the group is um, I would say it's probably about twenty singers and about thirty musicians so you mm-hmm. know <laughs> nice. and sometimes you can't take everybody but mm-hmm. you know but uh, you you will uh, but but if we're in in full effect it, you'll see mm-hmm. about fifty people up there. Okay, do you know the film Passing Through? Oh, yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking it would have been really cool to have you and um, Mr. Sessions and the orchestra um, there, you know, at the screening down there in UCLA, because um, they screened all these films, and they had they had panels and roundtables, and they could have had a concert. Yeah. Because that would have been I, really hot. Yeah, I, I, I think that was a... Uh, um, Big oversight on whoever put that together as part, because mm-hmm. it was a, it was a natural yeah. thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, because the art is actually functioning, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 they know it. Right, right, yeah, and and this film is about the power of music and the power of our music to tell our story and to move us from places, you know, where. We were, you know, sort of like, um, like for instance, if we're like sort of in in the Maafa or the Holocaust and burning to be able to, you know, go back and grab that, you know, whatever that was that we needed, you know, the Sankofa and then move forward, um, you know, you know, with everything we need, you know, in Maat. So it would have just been perfect, you right. know, because a lot of people. You know, that might have been their first time meeting, you know, the orchestra in the film. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then to know that, you know, you all are still performing and you still exist, and that would have been, you know, sort of some audience development and some resources sharing and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. But it's not too late at yeah. all, so you can get in touch with those folks. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because the, the films are, they're, they're circulating because now you just closed here in Northern California at the Pacific Film Archive and Larry Clark, you know, he teaches at San Francisco State. He, you know, he came out and he talked about the work and then right now um, uh, Zainabu uh, Irene Davis is making a film about the directors who came through uh, the L.A., um, uh, UCLA uh, School of uh, Film and Television. Mm, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there, there's this stuff still has life. It does, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and there's a there's a beautiful movie, a, a, a documentary about Lamert Park too. Mm, what's it called? Uh, it's it's called uh, Lamert Park. Oh, really? Is it is it new? Uh, it's been around about five years. Okay. And, well, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was in. Um, um, where were we at? Uh, in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and we were playing at this uh, this uh, place called MC Theater. Mm-hmm. And right before we went to to play in in the cafe, they would this film Lamert Park started playing. Wow! Wow! <laughs> and so so that means that you know that people 
you know, all over the world have have this movie. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. know, and they hear about this area, Lamert Park, in, mm-hmm. in in Los Angeles. I'm sure you've probably been been there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, My mother used to live walking distance from it. And uh, you know, it it it's uh, the the type of thing where, mm-hmm. you know, when black people are kind of in control of a certain area, you know, we we take it for granted sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, because we you know we forget about you know the the beauty and the greatness and 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 how this thing is is nourishing us mm-hmm. so sometimes we just kind of think that things will take care of themselves so so the Mert park has been kind of going through its changes mm-hmm. and uh finally somebody just uh put the money together to um to remodel the vision theater and to get that back open oh good and so i think it's you know i can slowly see that the the Mert Park Village is is, mm-hmm. is on the slow upswing. Yeah, yeah. The film, um, uh, The Mert Park, the story of a village in South Central Los Angeles, or South Central LA, is um, directed by Jeanette Lindsay, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and it features interviews and performances with Kamal Daoud, who we've been speaking about, uh, Richard Fulton, Billy Higgins, Horace Tapscott, um, with um, Brian Bray, uh, Ben Caldwell, Nzinga Kamara, Michael Datcher, Dale Davis, Tim Lemart, Tim Lemert, John Otherbridge, Ramses, Dwight Twirbel, which is you, Lady Walk, Walker, Vereen, and you can buy the film. So I just went to LemertParkMovie.com and you can get it. Lemert is spelled L-E-L-E-I-M-E-R-T and then Park. Movie.com. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for telling me about that. I didn't know about this movie. Mm. It sounds good. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, it um, it really um, it does a pretty concise way of, of, mm-hmm. of showing what's happening, what what has taken place there. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, cool. Well, well, thank you. Wow, this has been really a great conversation, and uh, so you're going to be coming up on Sunday, um, and you're bringing your whole band, which is awesome. And uh, is, your, is it an 8 o'clock show or a 7.30 show or a 7 o'clock show? What time is it? The show starts at, at 7. Okay, 7. You mm-hmm. know, and I just, I know that sometimes it's difficult for people uh, from Oakland or, you know, sometimes to cross that bridge. But I really do hope that they will decide to, to, to make that uh, trip over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that people will get their tickets early, you know, so that we can have a really decent house and 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 give the love and the presentation mm-hmm. uh, that 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 I would like to to see happen that day. And uh, you know, because I I miss uh, the Bay Area and 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 I like I said I haven't been there in uh, in in this year. Mm, yeah, so that's I, too long. Yeah. I just uh, you know I. I I've been missing it, and and I can't wait to get there. So I just hope that the people will show up and come. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They're having a screening, a uh, free screening of the Central Park um, Five um, over in San Francisco. So I'm thinking that people could just go see the film and then um, make it on over to um, to Yoshi's afterwards, because you can walk from the African American. Art and Culture Complex to Yoshi's in San Francisco. 
if you don't want to drive. It's because there's more parking over at the African American Art and Culture Complex than necessarily on on Fillmore. Although you can find parking depending on what day it is, and Sunday might be one of those such days. So people can make make a day of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. I hope they will come, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. as we certainly will be there. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for the lovely conversation, and um, it's been really great. And uh, I am going to be one of those people that's trying to make it over there from the East Day, and I'm going to not try. I'm going to make it uh, so I can see you in one of your rare yeah, that that particular performance was really awesome, and you know how old that was because the film, the um, <laughs> Yoshi's in San Francisco is no longer Yoshi's in San Francisco. It's a, uh, it's been used as um like a heritage center for the community to produce uh, various um, cultural events um, in the past couple of years. So um, and also. Um, the uh, the world stage is back open. My mother told me, and um, which is really awesome because it was 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 um, was not was closed, so it's back open if you're in Los Angeles. And Lamert Park has been really changed. Um, uh, the great um, African uh, centered bookstore is gone, and uh, yeah, it's really really a different space. But um, but um, there's there's African heritage still going on there, and again, uh, one of the main things is uh, the world stage. So um, we are really excited um, to have in the studio um, Dr. Arletha Angel Lands McTair to talk to us about her um, Black Church Productions Three Fifths Human. At the flight deck, uh, February 16th at 6 and February 22nd at 8. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Wanda. How are you? Oh, I'm excellent. Thank you so much for giving me a little more time um, with the Dwight uh, Tribble interview because he's really phenomenal and one of the people that be able to hear all of that. Um, So. And and thanks for reminding me again about that great song. We'll play it a little bit later on because I wanted to just jump right in and have you talk about. I just love that the Black Church Productions. Like, what a great name for a production company, right? I I don't think there are any other production companies called the Black Church Production. <laughs> and then <laughs> okay. Three Fifths Human. That just sort of grabbed me when I when I saw it in my in my inbox. I'm like, whoa, Three Fifths Human. Mm-hmm. Wow, what's that play about? Yes. So anyway, talk to us about your company and talk to us about this play, and then I'll tell them a little bit about you because you are just so phenomenal. They should go to your website and read all about you. <laughs> well, you know, I um, I came up with the Black Church production um, because I've been in the theater business for over 35 years, and I realized what God led me to realize is that a lot of our young millennial artists are, has a very gift many gifts that he has given them and mm-hmm. a lot of times they they don't use it in a, in the 
proper manner, meaning that they have the gift, but they don't know who to go to to actually give them an opportunity to displace their gifts on stage or even to try to get into the uh, the music business, the theater business that they want to. So I, I got when God spoke to me about the spiritual aspects of it, and it's like, it's his gift. So if I can take that performing art and use it through spiritual values and experiences and, and given the knowledge for, to our upcoming millennials that they would use it appropriately and not use it just, you know, on the street, knowing that they have a place that they can go to share it. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I um, – that I did uh, with the company and because a lot of things are being misled with their art and they're so talented. The millennials are so talented and they're being misled with the art. So the black church production is under the umbrella of health and fitness for minority women Inc. in which I opened um, since 1999, a nonprofit organization. And I uh, saw fit to put that underneath that to actually help millennials have a place to expose their arts. Okay. The the play that I wrote, produced, and direct that's going to be displayed on the 16th and 22nd of this month is called Only Three-Fifths Human. Only Three-Fifths Human is a play that talks about the uh, compromise of, of the U.S. Uh, Constitution with the Federalist 54 that, that actually deals with us being only three-fifths human and not recognizing that it's still written within the Constitution has been swept up underneath the rug. So actually giving out the information to people, to letting people know that this is something that is still present is the reason why we're being a lot of racially profiled, we're being not treated appropriately, but at the same time, how far we have come, how far God has brought us, even in the midst of from slavery 400 years ago all the way up to today how we should be a proud people, how we should know that we're five-fifths we're five human, which is a whole human, and not mm-hmm. consider ourselves to be nothing less. Right, yeah, yeah. So um, who's in your play? And, um, yeah, I think, you, I think you said that there's music in your play too, right? Yes. It's it's a, a lot of music. It's a lot of talent that's being used in the play. Me myself, having a, a lot of experience in in the in the business, I um I teach a lot of the praise dance that's going to be in there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing uh, professional tapping, which my tapping is uh, comes from the uh, the teachings of the Nicholas Brothers, and mm-hmm. uh, also to um, the music that's going to be in there to open up the show would be Cynthia Enviro who played Let My People Go from Harriet Tubman would be the opening of the show because it is about letting our people go, letting us know that we are actually, you know, that five-fifths of that human. Also uh, would have uh, other actors in there like uh, Clarence Ray Johnson, Jr. He's one of the uh, professional actors that I've been acting with for over 25 years. I also have my husband, Mr. Winfield McTeer, who has been acting for over the past eight years with me, who also helps me as an assistant manager within the production to help me continue to carry on the legacy of the Black Church production. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, other actors that, uh, millennial actors that come in and want to actually be a part of the production, want to display their gifts. 
that they come on, and I give them that so that they can be displayed so people can can know that they have this gift. And if that helps them to further on in their career, then that has reached the goal that which I was reaching for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how did you happen to? Um, I mean, you're you you're just such, you know, an artistic you know phenomenon. Um, and I was just you you've done so much, you know, like, you know, educationally, you know, you you've done so much. It's like wow. And and then um, and then as an artist, um, you know, you've accomplished so much. I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about. Um, I was reading your bio that that you're from Louisiana, and yes. I suppose you could talk a little bit about about how you came to 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 do as much as you do. Um, I'll read a little bit of your bio. It's it's really substantive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you uh, you you graduated with a uh, master's in divinity at Aberline Aberline Christian yes. University. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, NC. Um, and you you're um, you're also a doctor of um, orthopedic, yes. orthopedic uh, medicine. Yes, and you got yes. a PhD in leadership organization and public and community health. Mm-hmm. It's like you just like lived in in in, in academic institutions. Like how did you do all this? Exactly. You got an MBA well, in know. healthcare management, <laughs> an MS in exercise yes. physiology, a BS in kin, kin, kinesiology, kinesiology of exercise, yes. yeah, of and wellness. A BA and an AS yes. in natural and health science, and an AA in social yes. and behavior science and dance choreography. And you're exactly. a motivational speaker, and we we're talking to you now. You are, you know, you're also a playwright. You teach praise dance. You work with women around health and fitness. I'm like yes. goodness gracious. Um, I, are you a mother too? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I have a son that's forty and a daughter that's thirty. Okay, so you you fit in, you know, having a family. Like goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Talk well, to us about know, I was, I was, how one how one has I such a full life. <laughs> well, you know, as when I was um, young, I was counted as a genius, and I did not know understand mm-hmm. what that was, and I did not understand why I had to do so many things that was on my plate that in order to satisfy me, I had to do four different things in order to, to make myself satisfied. And um, when I got to the 10th grade, I was in college at Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I was, mm. I was born in Independence, Louisiana, raised on a tribe, Lolly Kemp uh, tribe in, uh, in Louisiana, moved to Baton Rouge, continued to be reared there. Um, by my mother, my late mother, Aline B. Hopkins Jones, and uh, she was a school teacher. She was my English teacher in my third grade class. I was inspired more by her and my third grade teacher, Miss Chambers, Ernestine Chambers, who was my physical education teacher, who allowed me to express my talent, who gave me the chance to dance when it was dance contests and and different things that was being done, especially with my sisters who taught me art, how to draw, how to see things beyond what is already there. So I was able to do all those things in one and was able to get scholarships 
because I was an athlete as well as an artist to get scholarships to go to Southern University and LSU to be a registered nurse and then graduated from there while I was going to Southern University was a dancing dog for Southern University, was still a part of the arts and the theaters. And then I was able to go to the American Nursing School of uh, Nursing Assistants, which started off my health career, my health care career. And as I did all of that, I thought to myself, it is possible that I can make a 360 with everything that I do. I want to be able to do everything that I desire doing, that I enjoy doing, that I can put it into one. And God allowed me to do that. And so I took my health care experiences and used it for my nonprofit aspects for women to help women understand that they you know, are just as important as anything else and that they are mothers and that they are strong women, you know, and that they can do anything that they want to do if they put foot forward to try it. Then I realized that I needed to actually help the community to heal. It was very important for the community to heal because a lot of, a lot of things were going on even up, as of today. And when I brought that full circle around, me having a love for the arts, you know, uh, within the theater for over 35 years, I had the opportunity to go to the School of Performing Arts in New York. And I had an opportunity to perform on Broadway. And I had that opportunity even at Cal State Hayward East Bay when it, when it was just Cal State Hayward. I taught at Laney College in, at the school at Laney College with Lynn Coles, Weather Coles. And Evelyn, uh, and Evelyn, those who allow me to express my gifts, as well as it, at Cal State Hayward, I was able to teach some of the aerobics and fitness classes, wrote manuals for those particular classes to help the professors. I was underneath the professor, even being a student in college. So I came down here, coming from a college going to UCSF Medical School, doing research at Stanford, actually going to Cal State Hayward, picking up that kinesiology degree, carrying that kinesiology degree on to uh, University of Phoenix, getting that healthcare management, so I'll be able to manage everything that I do, put it all into one content, as well as going on to Walden University for a PhD in public and community health, because I still wanted to be a part of helping the community, as well as how can I help them all around in a 360 health-wise, physical-wise, mental-wise, and spiritual-wise. And God has led me to that point to where I do have two books that's going to be released in uh, March. It's called A Woman's Insecurity. Also, who said that she's not? So those are important things for me that helping me to use my gifts within society, helping me to share with the community that you can do whatever you want to do, and God would help you if you continue to depend upon him. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the wow, that is pretty amazing. Yeah, 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 pretty amazing, pretty amazing. So you're going to be doing TAP. Um, you know, sort mm-hmm. of looking at mm-hmm. its origins, you know, the, the Nicholas Brothers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. And also the Black Panther Party, it's, it's, mm. a, it's a part in there that I imitate the Black Panther Party for what they did for our people mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. there as well. And also using a part video from the uh, 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 Louis Farrakhan. 
mm-hmm. talks about the three-fifth human clause and okay. about what it actually means to us as a black mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you end up here in, in California? What brought you here? Um, my sister. My sister lived in California for over 37 years, and I wanted a new, you know, I wanted a new start from Louisiana coming out here to California. And once I got out here and recognized how easy it was to actually get the education that I really wanted, that was very that was very appropriate for me. That I just was like a a, a pack man. I just ate everything mm-hmm. up, you know, that I was able to get my hands on. That helped me to uh, become more educated. I was always one who loved education. I would never stop being educated, even to this day. Whenever classes or whatever things are going on that I feel that advances me, I still mm-hmm. want to advance my mind. Right. Yeah. Can you? So my um, sister brought can, me down here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Nice. And you stayed. <laughs> mhm. And I right. stayed. Mhm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, this is this is what you do, right? Um, this is this is how you support yourself. This is how you make your living as as an artist and as a theologian, and. And I was just wondering if you could talk about maybe um, the business of, of art, this particularly, you know, this kind of art. I mean, how often do we see plays only three-fifths human? And tell us the name of some of your other plays and how you've been able to support, you know, your work um, and how you've been able to, like, make this into a business so that you could just you could do this. Because a lot of times people do their art on the side. Yes. And and I know they do. Well, when I first started, it was a, a struggle. And first starting uh, to say, okay, now I want to do my hobbies. I was working a lot of hours within the hospital, working a lot of times within the healthcare facilities. And I was doing a lot of hours, 16 hours, 12 hours a day. But I also had the time to, people were hiring me to do praise dance at their churches. I was teaching dance classes. I have a small personal fitness center for minority women. So that was bringing in the income and helping me, helping me to support myself. So it was some tireless nights and it was some good, you know, days. But at the same time, once I uh, came to the decision to where I'm going to put it all in one and I'm working from home, I have my office and my center, everything comes from home. So I realized if I can work for somebody else with all those hours, I should be able to do it for myself. So that's when I start opening up more of my uh, reflexology for seniors. I started uh, doing uh, physical therapy, you know, and I started doing massage therapy uh, along Mm -hmm. with uh, my sports, you know, sports medicine career. So I utilized those uh, finances to help me with the play. But now since I've gotten married, my husband is my biggest supporter. Mm-hmm. He allows me to be able to, without struggling in the financial aspects, to where I would be able to uh, write my plays. I would be able to write my books. I would be able to do the things that I need to do, but still I would work, but I don't have to work as hard as I worked. So that support, and then I had some small grants 
that I applied for, that uh, that I did get for the organization. But it's not a lot of uh, you know people that will give a lot of grants unless it's all about who you know. I'm still right now seeking grants to try to help support this black church production. So the financial aspects of this black church production is being supported by me on my part-time health work as well as my husband who supports me, which I don't have to work as hard. A lot of the plays that I wrote, I've wrote so far 15 different plays just for the Black Church production, but I've actually uh, produced and direct over 40-something plays for the Black Repertory Theater group in which I taught Mm -hmm. dance there on the summer camps that they have had uh, underneath uh, Dr. Scott and Sean Bond Scott to where I did a lot of work for them. I did a lot of the costuming for them as well as myself. Everything in my play that you see, I did my own design, backstage design, my own uh, highlights of it. I drew it or either I made it uh, in the clothing and in, in everything that I'm the designer, I'm the director, I'm the producer, and I have time to do that because I have the support of my husband. Mm-hmm. So the financial aspects for me is still always and sometimes is 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 not as as vast of a struggle, but it mm-hmm. is sometimes a struggle if I'm trying to. I want to get to the Paramount with the plays that I have. I want to get to the Fox Theater with the plays that I have. But it's all about who you know, and and once I reach that stage, I hope and my goal is to reach to Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey to make one of these plays become a movie. And using the millennials to come along and hoping for support, you know, from those great, you know, actors and those great, you know, people who have, who, uh, people of color who has went on and to reach back and to help us who is trying to come up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us a little bit about some of these characters. And I don't know if you could share um, something on the air. Um, you know, from the play? Um, one of the parts in there um, deals with, uh, let's see, I want to tell you about the part when we first opened. And it deals with the character, with uh, Clay, uh, Clarence Ray uh, Johnson Jr. character. It, his name is uh, Tube. Tube is a runaway slave. Tube is, is being ran behind and chased because he wants to run to freedom and he's trying to find out how to get to freedom. And in his midst of trying to find out how to get to freedom, he runs along to actually see that even though the proclamation has been written and the abolishment of slavery has been said when he stopped by the shack, one of the educators of a black man steps out to let him know we have been freed. But with the mind frame that he has, says we could never be freed because Master Steel have us underneath his wing. Master Steel need us to take care of his crops. Master Steel need us to drop down, look down, and never look up. So his mind frame is dissipated with the fact that he still lives within the slave mentality, he still understands that we're not free. 
when are we going to ever be free? That's the deep opening, you know, of, mm-hmm. of, of this particular show. And then at the ending of this show, it shows how the, the song works by Anthony Brown, the performance by the whole group that is going to be done. It shows how regardless of what they say about us being three-fifths human, we are five-fifths human because God says we are. We are God's people and that we know what we are worth because we were worth dying for. He said we was. See? And he said that we was worth to, you know, to to live for. So so that brings a, a conclusion to us as a people to understand that we have come so far that we must still stand and to know that we all all races, all nationality comes from Africa. And we did not never come here as a slave. We were made to be slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's giving the, you know, kind of part of the uh, uh, opening and giving you a part of the end. It is so much into this particular play mm-hmm. that is going to make people understand and realize our equality amongst each other and that mm-hmm. we are not a separate people, even though we are treated as. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering, um, is is your, your play um, actually um, a call to action? Do you want... Um, the audience to do something, you know, after seeing this work? Um, yes. You know, the, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. What is that? I, um, I asked the audience to, uh, in, in within the play, it's a, it's a saying that we have within the play, I don't want to give it away, but it's okay. asking them to actually look at each other equally. Stop, you know, we can stop being so racially profiled. If we can we can learn to love one another as God love us, that we'll be a better people in a better world and everything which we know it takes time for that to happen with the things that are happening today. So take with them and to learn to treat each other equally. Mhm. Yeah. I know I get a little deep there, but you know, it is something that's touching to my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. That, well, you know, this is a deep, deep topic. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You know. Yeah. So it's you know, not people a, don't think about play. the idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only three. It's not a play human, that calls you know. victory. It's not a play that's causing victory. It's a wake up call. Mm-hmm. Wake up. This is what and reason and the reasons why we're mm-hmm. being treated this way. Did you know? Did you not know? I need you to know this, my brothers and my sisters. I need you to know this. This is this is what's going on with us. How do we overcome this? How we been overcoming it? Through the strength of God, we've made it this far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, who's your audience? Who who would you like to see in the studio? I mean, who would you like to see in the theater? I know you mentioned the millennials. Um yes. but yeah, who would you like who would you like to see in in those chair in those seats at the flight deck? 
um, on the I 16th would love to at six and on the 22nd at eight o'clock. I would I would love to see a lot of my Christian sisters and brothers first mm. within the Sunday within the Sunday show as well as the millennials along with them too so that we could they can become educated. But I would also love all mix of races to come and understand what my people has been through and to that we need to stop all the uh, violence and hatred and disrespect and also providing a safer community with each other mm-hmm. by bringing this type of vitality and this type of spiritual blessings, you know, within this, this play that we can understand one another. We can understand we, why we act the way we act. So that type of audience, I wanted to be multi-cultural mm-hmm. so that we all can see that we still are human and we still are equal and we all are brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. Well, tell us, tell people how they can get tickets and then I'm going to play this, this song that you recommended um, okay. uh, that was a part of that film, Harriet, uh, sung yes. by uh, Cynthia um, Irvio, Irv- uh, uh, Ervo? Yeah, Irvio. Irv- yeah, Irvo. Oh, Irvio. Irv, Irvi, yeah. Irvo, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called yeah. Stand Up, and it is phenomenal. And um, But, yeah, tell people how they can get tickets. Well, you can get your tickets on brown paper tickets. They're being mm-hmm. sold there. you got, uh, you know, uh, the general admission. you got seniors and children, as well as you have uh, groups that can also purchase tickets. You can also uh, call in the number that's on um the uh um the flyer <coughs> which is five ten four seven two five two three two and you to ask for more information so you'll be able to either order tickets and become on the um on the on the page so that you would be able to come in and know that your ticket is being purchased. You can also uh come down on February the thirteenth. Uh I will be down there selling uh physical tickets. Mm-hmm. The seating is okay. is uh, is limited, so it's only a uh, hundred people per play. So if you come down at the flight deck on Broadway, at fifteen forty Broadway, at the flight deck, I will be selling the uh, live tickets on February thirteenth. But other than that, you can go on the brown paper bag, uh, you know, brown paper tickets, so that mm-hmm. you can be able to purchase your tickets there or call the number. And you can get more information. Okay, awesome, awesome. Okay, well, mm-hmm. let's play that song. And thank you so much for joining us. And I really look forward to seeing, um, uh, you know, this play, um, Only Three-Fifths Human. Yes. Yeah. I look yeah. forward to you being there. Um, which which day would you like to come? Um, let me Let me see. I'm not sure yet. Can I get back to you? I know I know the flight mm-hmm. deck is a small venue, but let me check my calendar. Okay. Not a problem. All righty, super. Not a problem. Well, thank you so much for for you know your your prolific um, work. Um, give us actually, um, why don't you give us a few names of some of these plays since you've written so many, and and which one would you like to have up next after this one? Um, which which play could follow only three fifths human? 
Oh, gosh. After this play it, for Easter, I have a play I wrote called The Seven Faces to True Repentance. Mm-hmm. It deals with seven different colors that actually this young lady in the play named Yanni that goes through her trials and tribulations in order to get to true repentance. Mm-hmm. So, wow. and, and it shows her how she's led there and that how she can reach that level of repentance that God mm-hmm. will forgive her. Nice. That's one of the plays that's going to be around the Easter time. Then you have another okay. play that's going to come in in uh, in June, which is called Dance, D-A-N-Z. That's inspired by Fame, the movie Fame, mm-hmm. um, to where you would have, uh, rather than uh, Lee, Leroy, you would have the, the character named Leroy. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you would have uh, rather than uh, Coco, you know, you would have the, the character named Mocha. So these people are being put into place and you would have all different styles of dance. But the, this particular school that they're going to to learn the, the dance that they need to learn would be a, uh, a, a Christian school academy. It would be a dance Christian academy. For them to explore all different types of praise dance, whether or not it's hip hop, whether or not it's jazz, whether or not it's just uh, lyrical praise, you know, <clears throat> miming, and they would get a chance to show all their talents. So you're talking about 10 different groups that will be performing in order to get into this Christian academy. Hmm. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so, and okay. then in August, that sounds really we have lively. the Black Church. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and in and in August we have the Black Church coming back again. Okay. From last year, it showed last year, and it's coming back again, which was very popular last year. Mm-hmm. So we have that coming back. So it's four of the plays. You know, those plays are coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm cool. looking forward to still producing, directing, and all of that. Awesome! Wow, that is so wonderful. Yeah, well, good luck on all of this, and certainly stay in touch so we can let our audiences know those dates, you know, coming up, you know, early spring, you know, for um, uh, for the seven phases of repentance. Re- and, true repentance, and then yes. Of true repentance, right, yeah, and uh, yes. I can't read my writing. And, uh, <laughs> and then dance, That's you know, okay. in June. <laughs> yeah, and dance in June uh, and, and, the, and mm-hmm. the black church in, you know, in August. Mm-hmm. So okay. these are definitely. Yeah. Well, you, oh, you have, I have sometimes. This is your season. Huh? Yes, I do. Awesome. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I put, try so to put great. on five plays a season. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Oh, so. And again, so I just like this. to iterate. Huh? Mm-hmm. So you've got this play, um, and then you have um, these other three, and and so you're going to have another one this year, or we missed one already? Oh, you no, have five you, plays. You. Um, you haven't missed one. Um, I was going to have one in January, but I took the seven phases and put it to April, and now you're dealing with the three-fifths human, and then we're coming mm-hmm. to dance, and then we're coming to the black church. But I have also a one-woman show called sometimes uh, Ancestry Hurts, mm-hmm. and that's a nice. one-woman show that deals with mm-hmm. a woman who has been molested back in the South by her mm-hmm. own incest. Her own so that would be coming along the by, her by, by her who? By her own 
uh, sibling. Oh, okay. In the south. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And that's yeah. why sometimes ancestry hurts because mm-hmm. she goes through the phases trying to understand, and now she finally overcame what has happened to her. And that's, that's through good. the strength of God. Of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heavy duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a lot of my heavy but important. A lot of them yeah. is, is to is very important is to actually educate the community, educate the millennials, educate mm-hmm. a lot of things, you know. And or I forgot one out. My mother prayed for me. Oh, you gonna it do is, that this year too? Yes, yes. It's a young lady oh, wow. that went through a lot of things, and her mother, without the prayer of her mother, her remembering it, mm-hmm. it helped her through a lot of the things that she was going through in life. Wow. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, super. Well, thank you so much. Wow. Wow. You're welcome. Looking forward to, to your season. <laughs> wow. Starting with this yes. play, um, you know, um, only three-fifths human. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have these great titles. <laughs> but let me play thank this you. song before my next guest joins us. And, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing your play. Um is the 16th next Sunday? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe I might try yes. to come on opening opening evening. That would be fun. Yes. That would be great. That would be yeah. great. Yeah. Just let I'll, me know I'll so I can put your you. name on the list. I <laughs> certainly will. I certainly will. And the flight deck, uh, give, a, give our audience the address for the flight deck. The address for the flight deck is 1540 Broadway in Oakland, California. It's called the Flight Deck. It's right next to Western Dental, uh, across the street from a Pete's Coffee. Right. And yeah. like I said, they can get their tickets at you know brown paper tickets, or they can call the number. I have an eight 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 number there, which is eight 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 three five one four 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 three extension two. That would also get it. Or they can come down on the thirteenth. I would have uh, physical tickets that they can purchase. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. All righty. Well, you take good care, and congratulations on, you know, on this play that's getting ready to open and on your season, which seems like it's going to be phenomenal and definitely unique. Um, there, There is no season like, you know, uh, the black church uh, production exactly. season. Exactly. Yeah, this is, this is like exactly. original work. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Everything is <laughs> written right. by me, yes. <laughs> cool, cool. Thank you so much, Barbara. <laughs> Great talking to you. Peace and blessings. You too. Okay, always. I've been walking with my face turned to the sun. Weight on my shoulders, a bullet in my gun. Oh, I got eyes in the back of my head, just in case I had to run. I do what I can when I can while I can for my while the clouds roll back and the stars fill the night, that's where I'm gonna stay. 
beautiful stand up uh Cynthia Ur Erbo Uriel Irv gosh I'm I'm killing her name. I need to sorry. <laughs> I need to practice this one. Yeah, sorry about that. But um she portrayed Harriet in the film by the same title and it was so wonderful. Oh I'm so excited. We are joined by Hello, this our, is Skyler. Yes. Hi Skyler. <laughs> How are you? Hi. Hi, perfect, Wanda. How are perfect. you? Oh, it's been a minute since we've had an opportunity to have a conversation. And wow, what better opportunity <laughs> than to talk to you about a one-man show, The Play, that's opening <laughs> yeah. and repertory uh, next week, February 15th. And it's going to be, I think you get like um, almost like a month, you know, um, and you're, you're in repertory with... Um, Another another actor, and uh, it's a part of the theater. First, history keeps me awake. Queer voices in, in repertory, um, the fifteenth through the seventh. And uh, wow, yeah. So, <laughs> tell us about um, a one man show. Um, I mean, I could read the blurb, but hey, you're live. <laughs> Oh, well, thank and, you. Thank you. And so I'm going to let you tell us about, about your work. But I was just thinking, you know, um, sort of the, the last song that I played, you know, I come to prepare a place, right? Um, and we're mm-hmm. talking about, you know, Harriet, that the song from the film. And when <laughs> oh, wow. uh, you know, when that song comes up, it's like, oh, my God. And I just think about, you know, this work 
um, it's it's yeah. preparing a place, right? You know, for yeah. for other other you know um, trans people to be able to like step in because because you told that story, right? And that and the so way correct. that you tell stories, you are just like, oh my god! I mean, you know, you have a fan base, right? Uh, do I? Oh, that's so great. Uh, yes, I, yes. No, I do I'm know. I, I guess I do know. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you, Wanda. Well, thank you for this introduction. It's I'm really, really humbled and and really open. You know, like so wide open right now. Um, you know, just this is I'm a I'm a very and I guess this is me. I'm a very open book. And um, you know, when I started this one man show, the the idea came last year when John Tracy we talked about it and then from that um, I said well you know I, I have some projects and um, let's see how the summer goes because I was cast to play Othello as the first trans man uh, to play Othello on a professional stage and so I was just like okay I really want to find the way I can bring this this, this journey uh, of my my trans um, identity as an artist and how I could bring it into the one man show. But I realized as I was, as I started writing that a good bulk of my, my story was lived as a black female, you know, it was my journey. And so often you hear that like with, uh, with trans people, it's, it is a journey. Um, it's, um, I met a, a famous actor. His name is Oba Babatunde. And he said something that I thought was so profound. Um, he said, we're, we're not hatched, we're born, you know? And, and I so believe that, like, you don't come in this world and like, this is who you are, you know? You come into who you are. And that's a one-man show. A one-man show is a very uh, honest and vulnerable look at how I came to existence. And... I think with anybody I've met that have gone through <laughs> fire, you know, they and they're still standing, it, they become stronger. Um, but they only can be stronger if they can be vulnerable. If they can look back and go, yeah, I went through all of that, but I went through that to be who I am now. You know, I'm not just this one thing or, or you know, it's like, uh, it is like we're creation. We're a creation, and I am absolutely a work in progress. So even as I wrote the one man show, I'm just like you know. I talked to John Tracy, and I said, I I know I don't want it to end with, okay, and then that's it, book end. You know, I'm done. And it's it's not that because I don't see life like that. You know, it should feel ongoing, and I want people to be happy about the journey they on they are on, whether it's uh, challenging right now, but the longer you go, it will change. You know, there's this, like, there's no one um, experience in life that, that just stays the same. It, it just, we just cannot grow that way. And so I think that's the one man show. It just really shows that journey of ups and downs and how I came to be today. And, and I'm just really proud to be able to, to work with theater first, John Tracy, Dominique Lozano, um, Lisa Evans, just this collaboration is just, I'm so blessed to have them. Uh, when you see it, you'll see that 
it just it's just not one person. You know, it's just it, in this sense, in the creative process, it is a teamwork. You know, so I think one man show is a funny title because you know we all come into life and we, in some ways we are a one man show. You know, but when you're actually putting it on the scene, it's, it's a multiple people show. You know, and so mm-hmm. so it, it, it's so I'm so excited. I'm really really excited about this journey. Um, but I think I started off by saying that when I started this, I was really open. So I had. When I came out of Othello, I had um, lost my dog, my, my companion, uh, Frida Rome. She was a basset hound, and, and I didn't expect it. And it happened as I was starting to write, and I was really, really challenged by that. And I just thought, you know, I don't know if I can, can do this, you know. But I thought, a friend of mine said to me, will you be a year, uh, a year from now, will you be where you want to be? if you pulled out from everything and just grieved, right? And I said, wow, no, I won't, you know? And so I utilized that experience, that feeling, that openness, and I, I gave myself endless compassion to be able to write it. And I'm so grateful that I did because, because I gave myself compassion. I was able to tell those stories that I was ashamed of at one point. I was like, Oh, you know, oh, no, I can do this, you know. So it's just, um, it's, it's really a gift. It's a blessing to be able to tell it and to tell it in the Bay Area, uh, which is such a supportive uh, community here. And it's important to tell it now um, in, this, mm-hmm. in this time we're in, in this country. Um, it's, it's a scary time. But I think with the work I'm doing, it just magnifies the importance of it, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I think it was um, someone, oh, I think it was Viola Davis had made this analogy of um, you have to have a seat at the table, basically, mm-hmm. in order to affect change. And so, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm doing with this show. I, I'm staying at the table and, um, and I think that the best way to give an alternative to the stories that we're hearing right now that seem negative and seem hopeless, the alternative to that is to put forth stories that are positive and uplifting. That, that just is, you know, it just, that's the way you do it. And so you, you have other stories. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So that's a, a one man show. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Ron Dellums also talked about, you know, make sure we have a seat at that table because, you know, that's, it's our house. <laughs> Langston Hughes mm-hmm. talks about it too in a lot of his poetry, um, you know, that when he talks about, you know, America, you know, that it's our America, not their America. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just thinking when you were talking about how we have that, you know, that binary uh, chicken or egg, right? And there's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, we are more mm-hmm. than that, and and I know when people I've had people talk to me about you know the, the what the story's about, like being born a a Baptist minister's daughter who doesn't believe in God, and like right there, it's like what? <laughs> you know, it's like how does that you know mm-hmm. go? And is this going to be a show about you know? Um, you know, some people might think, oh, this is a show about oh, you're not about Christianity or a, a dig against Christianity, and it is absolutely not. Um, it is, in fact, 
I think is the homage more to spirituality um, mm-hmm. and the importance of it. And I think that's another element that is in this country that, you know, if you don't have one faith, then therefore you're not welcome to the table. And that's just not true. Um, I think that what I've learned in my journey is in many ways, like we have health for different modalities of, of, of keeping our health the way we want to, to be fit, you know? So like, for instance, for your body, you might want yoga or you might want CrossFit, right? But it's all for the gain of to have fitness. Uh, for your mind, some people like to read. Some people might do other things to give themselves mental health. But for some reason, with, when we get to the spirit, there's no um, understanding about we have a choice in how to be spiritually healthy. And that's what I had to learn in, in, this, uh, in this story is that it's about choosing your spiritual health. Because I think at the end of the day, that's really what we want. Um, and so it's it's uh, – it's it's a show that that shows that alternative that there's no black and white, um, but there's more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't it be easier if there was? It was just like you know those polarities, right? It's like okay, you stand mm-hmm. over here or you stand over there. It's like oh no, it's not that easy. Gosh, I can't even see over there really well. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, yeah, because I can't see over Precisely. there until I see where I am, right? Like, okay, this stuff here needs to become more clear before I can see over mm-hmm. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, wow. So, gosh, um, Baptist minister's daughter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Afraid to tell her parents she liked girls. Right. Didn't believe right. in God. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> wish to become a, really... a man. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's conflict in the first sentence, you know? <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's like, oh, and then being black in America, you know, you, you, that oh. comes into play. And, and, and right. it just, and it, that just goes without saying. I don't, I don't know that I, I, I would, I even put that in there, but I think it goes without saying. I would think that people can go, oh, okay, so you're, you're, you were a Baptist minister's daughter who didn't believe in God, liked girls, and didn't identify with the gender you assigned. And you're black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. You know, so it's like, wow. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Thank you much. And um, so I think that <laughs> it's not been a boring life. <laughs> I can tell mm-hmm. you that. And I'm grateful for that. I think that when I look back, and, I, and the, the, just the amazing and diverse group of friends that I've come in contact with uh, who have challenges as well. Like just life feels that out for us. And, uh, and I feel that it really is, it starts with your core, your spirit, that, that, that inner voice and how it sees your, you know, your world. And I think that based on that, we'll tell you how, challenging your life will be, but I, I truly believe that we come into existence with a knowing, like we have an inner voice of who we are, and it's just about being brave enough to give yourself that, to become who you want to be, you know, and rather than what others want you to be. And so that's a, that's a definite um, theme 
in this show that I would hope mm-hmm. comes across to the audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you are you portraying um, these various characters? Um, and I I know mm-hmm. that the work is in development. You know, as of like last night, you got a new draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, just cut, because the show is it's like it is so much story. You know, and I didn't. It, the other thing is, I didn't think it was going to be this memoir. But it turned into like a, a live memoir, and I'm certainly going to hold on to it. It's actually like an outline for, for the memoir okay. book I will eventually write uh, because there's mm. so much more story that I cannot pack into an hour. And I, and I, I was telling my partner, you know, because I was talking about the, some of the stories I'm sharing, and I, I can see how vulnerable they are. And I, I, would, I would hope that even when people see that, they still wouldn't know the whole story. <laughs> there's just, you know, there's so much more, you know, that goes on. But I think that uh, the the memoir that it's it's become has been it's been um, oh my gosh, what is I'm totally lost my train of thought. It's been really eye opening for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And how I think when I think about the you know coming into the world as this Baptist minister's daughter and wanting to be a boy, and now that I am a trans man, identify as a trans man, I I uh, I think that what I've told is a story of of my uh, my my challenges and I'm telling them to these 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 people these communities that I've existed in like I existed as a I still exist as a black person but I existed as mm-hmm. a black woman who is gay and now I'm a black trans man and it's uh I think it speaks to those marginalized groups uh who don't often see their stories told this 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 script is a work in progress because there's just so much to go and and put into a one man show that I've that is my life. Um, so right now, I think if anything, we have so much story. We're trying to go. Okay, well, what's really important? What's being said twice? You know that sort of thing. But but in terms of the the actual storyline, it's there and it's it's solid and I love that. Um, it's just that I can't put it all in, you know and. Again, I, I'm sure people will say, wow, this is a lot. You've been through that? And they still mm. wouldn't know the whole story. You know, there's so much more. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. And I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset <laughs> if somebody wanted to take the show again and take it somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll still continue to grow. It has that life in it. Uh, the characters that are showing up um, have that uh, – that, ability to keep doing things through me, <laughs> you know, like last night. Oh, it was last night. It was the night before that. We were in rehearsal. And one of my characters, she was just sassy. <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? You know, and that's, that's in rehearsal. And so, as you know, like shows, as you go through them, they tend to grow and they, you know, and that's because over time the characters start, they hear the words and they, they, they know, they're like, they want to express themselves differently. And I'm looking forward to that. Just the fact what they're doing through me in the rehearsal process 
is exciting. So I'm really looking forward to my characters growing in me and, and, and through me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, a work in yeah. progress throughout closing. <laughs> you mm-hmm. might see something different from night one to the closing ah. night. But isn't it That's always good. like that? You know? Yeah, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's yeah, not in terms of story, but, you know, just in, in terms of, of, of character and, and how right. they express themselves, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, you know, initially there might be a little, little stage, you know, fright or whatever, quivers, and then, and then also the audience has a lot to do with, you know, sort of because theater is interactive, you know, the energy from the oh, audience yeah. um, definitely affects um, the performance, you know, and that's what's really great about theater, you know, it's live, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I don't know this new location, but the um the waterfront playhouse and conservatory at twenty twenty fourth street in berkeley is it is it um similar in in uh, uh style to the um um the live oak park theater or is it is it what what does it look like in there is it bigger is it small like is it oh, intimate? it's a very intimate venue yeah it's a very intimate mm-hmm. venue fifty feet mm-hmm. um so okay. it, it feels like the audience feet? is on stage fifty yep Oh, so it's people very might want to get their nice. tickets, you know. Yeah, so it will, totally. It's that kind of venue that can easily sell. And like my my, I I live four and a half hours away, and my oh, my um, you do. I rent. Yeah, yeah. I live in Sequoia National Forest. It's it's very. You do. <laughs> you live in a forest. <laughs> yeah. I, you. I live. Yeah, I live. Well, my well, I, my house is on the river. I, I rent a house on the river, but it's just so expensive to live in the Bay Area. But you live I, I on a river I, in a forest? Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it this wow. way. The, the Sequoia National Forest is my backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see it when I step out of my house. Um, so I live in a, a town, a, a, foot, a town in the foothills um, mm-hmm. called Springville. And it's um, about three miles before you pass a, you know, welcome to Sequoia National Forest. So Mm-hmm. It's nice because within less than 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I can be in the snow um, or I can be where it's warm. It, it's great. I, I love it. Um, but I, I moved there to to write, um, to write my feature film, which I just finished and start, Congratulations. start working on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I start working on it next week. <laughs> so I'll start putting on my filmmaker hat as mm-hmm. the show opens. Um, but it's now, I think it's now time to... Uh, to transition again, and I don't know yet whether I'll stay in California or I'll move um, away, but for now, I'm here, and I'm definitely here through the year, but yeah, my home is there, and my landlord, uh, she texted me and said she's coming the opening night, <laughs> so I'm like, wow, oh, I'm, I'm so nice. Yeah, she's driving four and a half hours, so so yeah, I, I mean, she's seen, she's seen some of my shows, so I'm really excited that she's, she's going to come see this. Um, mm mm-hmm. A lot of people have been so supportive, and you included, and I really appreciate you, and I appreciate your listeners. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I guess I'm not so much of a social media person. I should be. I'm terrible at marketing and terrible about uh, telling people what I'm doing, but I always find that people find out, and that means they're, they're watching, and I just, I can't tell you how uplifting it is, you know, um, and I'm feeling a little emotional. That's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, 
I just really appreciate the love and support that mm-hmm. I've gotten. Mm-hmm. And it are it is those voices, even the exchange we're having now, that will visit me in those moments where I might be alone and might doubt myself and say, can I do this? And then I might hear your voice. So I might hear someone else's voice who's been supportive. And, and it keeps me going. It keeps me going. And, and I'm grateful for that. And I, and I have a good life because of that. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate, you know, these stories. And I was just thinking, you know, um, about, you know, Sequoia National Forest, you know, in, as a part of your backdrop of Spring Springville. <laughs> Springville, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I was thinking about um, uh, Colonel um, or Captain Charles Young, who was a um, Buffalo soldier, who is now going to be um, uh, given the honor of title of Brigadier General because he, he really wanted to, to get that next level of um, of um, of uh, service. But the war ended. But he is responsible. His he and his men are responsible for uh, paving the road there um, that is still being used as Sequoia National Forest. They named a highway after him. Um, oh wow! I think it was yeah yeah. This wow. Veterans Day passed. Um, there's a tree with his name on it because um, what mm-hmm. happened was you know they have the Office of Interior and and now there's a whole you know, unit that has the National Park Services. But back then, um, the soldiers, you know, during the summer would take care of the parks. And and the Buffalo Soldiers, he was like one of the, he was the first African-American um, um, superintendent um, of the parks. Hmm. And, and, and so, um, yeah, um, uh, Brigadier General, he's going to be, honored name that next week like when you're when you're doing um <laughs> a one-man show they're going to be honoring him in kentucky <laughs> with this new wow. new rank <laughs> yeah yeah um, I, I love it and i love it, it isn't it great like you know so think about about this whole thing around place right and right and and i was just thinking where where are you were you born here well like this baptist church was it in california was it in the south where where was uh, this brooklyn, baptist new york. church that you grew up brooklyn, in brooklyn new york uh, brooklyn new oh, york my dad was from the yeah. south yeah my yeah my oh, father was from the yeah. south he was an alabama boy and you know he came oh, from wow. a family of ministers all mm-hmm. six of his brothers i think five of them were also ministers <laughs> i wow. come from a very very christian family and i adore my family they're just Mm-hmm. They're the best. I could not have been more blessed to have these types of Christians in my life because they're so mm-hmm. loving and accepting, you know, of of everyone, and they are accepting of me and and love me and support me and respect uh, that I have a different spiritual practice, and they still respect me, you know, mm-hmm. and I just. I think that that is the that is the way you you get people to to have dialogue and you get people to listen. You know, if I had a show that just attacked, you know, uh, people who share different views from me, then the people who need to hear it won't come. You know, so mm-hmm. so my hope is that I tell this story uh, as vulnerable as it is, but I'm also. Um, expressing my strength through it as well, 
you know, like I, I show how to overcome that. And, uh, and I just think that when we see other people's challenges that we might find that we're not so different. Like I'm always going to be striving towards that, that we're not so different as much as we might want to think. We really are all human. Um, and like I think even now, like as I, as I think about projects I do, you know, as a friend of mine said, you know, I, I feel in this time right now as an artist, I feel like I can't afford to do like Neil Simon plays. You know, like the, the stories I do need to have uh, importance and substance and social social value uh, as an artist, because I think artists, educators, uh, scientists, doctors, those are the people who move society forward. And when we start getting into politicians and corporate, that's all about money. And that's just, that's an illusion, you know, that is, doesn't even speak to humanity whatsoever (laughs) like so our humanity is tied to learning it's tied to our health it's tied to our spirituality it's tied to our cultural expression like that's our humanity that's our growth and and those are the stories I'm committing my life to telling uh, Mm -hmm. and I am very very excited about doing that so and in fact Mm -hmm. I don't want to forget to to share with your, your listeners that you know, as I move into this next project, you know, the, the best way to find out what I'm doing and support um, would be through my website. Um, certainly mm-hmm. people can find me on my Facebook, Skylar Cooper. It's me holding Frida, <laughs> my, my basset hound. Um, but they can also find me on www.skylarcooper.net, not .com. Um, and there we, we will be posting lots of information starting, I think we start pre-production in March. So people can reach out, send me messages. They can find out about the one-man show uh, through my social media. Um, And I just really would appreciate it. And it's funny because you mentioned Harriet. I don't know if you know uh, about Mm. my my speech. I don't think we talked about it. I felt like we did maybe a while ago. Um, But it's about this, um, a young black veteran who suffers the workplace meltdown, uh, gets confined to a psych ward, and learns a story that restores her sense of self. Uh, and it's, it's really powerful, um, this story, because, you know, I believe stories inspire love and hate. I believe stories, you know, they can lift us up, they can hold us down, they can make us believe, they can make us doubt, but it's, it's, it's either the story you tell yourself or the story you hear that is affecting who you are. So I really wanted to show this power of storytelling by putting this young black combat veteran, this female combat veteran, because I don't know how many stories of PTSD you've seen with female veterans. I don't know how many you've seen with black female veterans, right? I have not seen zero. Mm -hmm. So as as a black transgender veteran, I wanted to tell a story. You're a veteran? Of the American. Yes, I am. I wanted to tell a story of the American experience of survival through this point mm. of view. And so, yeah, so, so, so Jordan Dunlap, my, my veteran, mm-hmm. gets confined to a psych ward with other veterans across, uh, of wars across the generations. And, uh, mm. and then she meets this, this, this combat veteran, this Vietnam veteran, who tells her the story of Muley, 
a formidable, colossal runaway slave woman who survives by taking the identity of a man. Mm. And as we watch Muley overcome tremendous obstacles of race and gender in the past, mm-hmm. then in mm-hmm. the present day, we see Jordan uh, making incremental shifts, like in her behavior, lifting her up as she keeps hearing the story. And so, you know, I, I, I really loved telling this dual story because I just felt like we don't see black people learning about black other black people and being mm-hmm. inspired by their stories. And our black American history, unfortunately, comes from slavery. However, not every slave was a victim. Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Frederick Douglass, these are people who lived through difficult times in this country, and they survived mm-hmm. and they made a difference. Well, Jordan Dunlap is going to hear about a black woman who, 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 who survived by taking the identity of a man, and this is based on a true person. She's like mm-hmm. an anti-hero. She's the opposite of Harriet Tubman, <laughs> but she mm-hmm. is awesome. And I'm excited about playing her. I'm excited about shooting this short this summer, and we're going to make mm-hmm. this feature next. But mm-hmm. all of this is, is about the work that I want to do. I want to tell these black American stories. Um, from these groups of people that we don't normally see, and they will be powerful and they will be universal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. Wow. So, so this is what your your film is about. This is the what you're working on right now, the Jordan Dunlap story. Yes. Or yes. It's called just, Worthy of Survival. Oh, it's called Worthy of worthy. Survival. And oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it's a part of um, yeah where you there's a link to. Um, yeah, and it's a real short bio. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, what's Worthy of Survival? And this is Worthy of yeah. Survival. Ah, worthy of Survival. Nice. Yeah, Worthy of Survival. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like um, it's a cross between fried green tomatoes meets Goodwill <laughs> hunting on the set of uh-huh. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, that's my Wow. Thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I sent a draft to Lena Waits. I'm hoping – I sent her a, a pitch deck. I'm waiting oh. uh, to hear back. And if I – I don't know nice. if you know who Lena Waithe is. She, I know um, that name. Yeah, she produced The Shy, uh, um, and she did Master of None. She did. She got a, a an Emmy for one of the episodes she wrote in Master of None. She's just a, a, an amazing sister doing amazing things. She's a queer woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I just think someone like her would be interested. We are in the same circles, but she's just harder mm-hmm. to reach because, you know, she doesn't know me. But you know the oh. thing is, is that you have to knock, you have to knock on the door. If you don't knock on the door, how do you know whether it will open? So what I do right. is I knock. I don't I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know whether the door is going to open, but it's not going to stop me from knocking. But I will mm-hmm. continue to go forward and I will make this <laughs> film, and I will say, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I knocked on your door, <laughs> but you didn't open it, <laughs> so I just kept going. And that's how Hero Mars came to pass. It's multi award winning film. You know, is oh. I knocked on lots of doors, and I just finally said, "Okay, let's do this," and and mm-hmm. that's just how it goes, and it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so. nice, nice. And are your films going to be available, like for instance, Hero Mars, and you've got the Gray Area? Um, are they available? Yeah. Um, the ones that are. Well, I oh, know. Cool. I'm. I know Gray Area. I'm not sure what their distribution is right now um, with mm-hmm. that, but I know with Hero Mars, I have. I have that. I've not put an open link on Vimeo, but I'm, I, I might do that uh, very soon. Uh, it's still, you know, it's asked to film festivals. But, but 
I, I, I can't say that if anybody wants to watch it, you know, they can just contact mm-hmm. me. But I, I haven't. I used to have it on my website. I, do. I don't. You do, You haven't seen Hero Mars? Uh-uh. Oh, my gosh. I will send that to you. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might see a little bit of it in the one-man show. It's possible. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I think that what I, I want to talk to my team because we will be marketing mm-hmm. for the next film, and they might want to say, yeah, let's go ahead and release this for people to see what your team mm-hmm. can do. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, going to my website, uh, following me on, on, on Instagram, on, on Facebook, uh, that's the best way for people to to find out what I'm doing next. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was wondering um, if you have a few more minutes, um, if, if you know, we could talk about... Um, for you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we talk about, you know, sort of the different iterations of, of this working process, process we call our, our lives, right, and ourselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we have, like, we have a destination we think we know where we're going and then things come in and 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 we sort of let ourselves be guided in other directions and we find out you know not quite knowing where we're going but like oh yeah this was this was good <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I'm glad I I'm glad I surrendered to this um even though I didn't know where this yield was going to take me um so if you could talk a little bit about that um and and you know in in so far as this story that you're telling, you know, presently, a one-man yeah, show, um, mm-hmm. and then yeah. worthy of survival, you know, sort of also happening at the same time, and oh, so and then the second, yeah. yeah, and then the last thing I wanted you to talk about, because I think it's something that we always need to sort of keep, um, you know, in the forefront of our minds, you know, is the violence, you know, violence um, against, you know, the trans community, particularly the African uh, American mm-hmm. trans community. Um, and, yeah. you know, because, you know, everyone should be safe and and everyone is not safe and black people are not safe. Mm-hmm. But then there are certain mm-hmm. black people that are really not safe, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, well, I'd love to speak to all of those. Um, okay. The first is the work in progress, right? What mm-hmm. that's yeah. been like. And this, just for clarity, you mean for me as an individual or the work in progress yeah. of the one man show? In work in progress as as people as we are because remember how as you talked people, yeah. in the beginning about how um, you know we're we're not hatched we're born you know we, we come into who we are because you know we come into who we are through community right through reflection For, you know we yeah. we don't know who we are until somebody reflects back to us that they see us <laughs> and yeah. then it's like oh you know okay <laughs> you know what's evidence of that there's this evidence mm-hmm. of that is that even in a one-man show, when I write it, and I talked about earlier, like, how the characters change, they say the same thing. They don't not say the same thing, but they change and they evolve. And, and so even in this fixed environment that you can create in the story world, the characters want to, like, through you as an actor, they want to express themselves differently because that's natural. It is natural to want to change and to transform and to, to transition I, I don't think anything in this world that we're all living in stays the same. <laughs> Nothing. It all changes. It transforms. And, you know, there's this, um, there's this uh, Buddhist uh, theory, like how, you know, we go through spring, summer, winter, fall, 
you know, we transition uh, from the moment that we are uh, born, like the, the, the wildlife. Like I'm, I'm standing here outside, I'm looking at the ocean, I'm at the uh, VA actually, and they have an amazing like million-dollar view, and I'm just looking around, looking at all this nature and how even the, it changes, you know. But then I'll see among like maybe like all of the same plants, I'll see that one plant that's different. Right? If you ever go and you ever hike and you see like a meadow and you see all the same, I mean, you'll always find that one flower that's different. And you're like, how the heck did that get there? Right? And so I, that's mm-hmm. how I feel. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it doesn't belong, it's part of the world. You know, and sometimes you might spring up in an area where you're the only one. And so you have to figure out how to continue to thrive. And that's what they do. They, and they still go through the seasons of spring, summer, winter, fall, like the other things around them, and they come right back, you know. And so, <clears throat> pardon me, I think, that, I think that that is indicative of life. And we are, as people, are not different from that. And finding, find, realizing that, for me, um, allowed me to really enjoy the journey that I'm on. As difficult as it might be at times, I have to trust that that is not all it's going to be. Um, And honoring my life and the things that I want to do and and, um, become is only going to uh, improve as I keep challenging the things that are in the way of that, you know, and, and that's the, that's the growth. That's the the joy. That is life. We all go through that. If we Mm -hmm. want to grow, you know, and then I I walk around, uh, I've walked around downtown recently and I just saw, you know, I, I can't not see people suffering. Like I noticed people can just walk by somebody who's on the ground and they're covered in, you know, dirt and filth. And I just keep walking past them, and I just go, wow, this was a human being that was, had, was loved and had, you know, this was a child once. And I go, how, how, do, we get, how do you get there? You know, and I think that it's, um, it definitely comes from a, 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 either staying fixed and not unwilling to go, oh, there's more than just this, you know, and, and being willing to look for that and allowing yourself to grow. Uh, is is really important. And so I, I found that for me it was honoring the ability to uh to challenge my environment. You know, I had to I had to challenge my environment because I could end up easily like these people, you know, if I go, okay, I got I have to become this. I have to become something else that I don't want to become. Um so, yeah, I, I think that a work in progress is the way we continue. You know, mm-hmm. if, we, if we think we've arrived, then we're, there's no growth, you know. And there's so much illusion right now. There's so much illusion. And it just keeps coming, you know, distractions. And, like, people are becoming less and less connected with themselves. And part of, part of that is because we're just overstimulated. We're not able to tap into our true selves. We can't hear our voices anymore. 
um, because we're constantly, I got to do this, got to catch up to that, got to email this person, got to, you know, post here. And it's like, how can you, like, you know, and I just thought, I was telling my girlfriend today, I said, you know, I want to watch, I wanted to watch this movie, this old movie. That's not that freaking old, but now it's an old movie because we <laughs> see what's out there now. And, um, and I don't know, I just wanted to watch something that reminded me of a simpler time. But then I said to my girlfriend, I said, you know what? But even now, with all of the video and the, the phones, the, the smartphones, even now, like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, this is going to be a simpler time. <laughs> so can you imagine what that right. would be like? You know, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, we are, we are constantly evolving. We're constantly a work in progress. And I just, I just say enjoy the journey. Enjoy it, the ups and downs. And remember, like, those ups and downs should it's important also not to tie yourself to those ups and downs. So I try not to tie myself, for instance, I try not to tie myself to the highest highs, like getting like, it's great when they happen, but I try not to go, okay, now I'm happy. And then, Oh, things are shitty. Okay. Now I feel shitty. It's just, it's a hard existence to have, you know, and it's, it, this is the challenge is to stay unaffected by the highs and lows, appreciate them for what they are and then keep going. And you can enjoy the highs, you know, you absolutely can. Um, but it's just, it's hard to, to stay settled in it. Cause I think that for me, I found that I create when I keep going. If I, you know, I have a success, I'm like, Oh, that was great. You know, and something happens that's not so great. Okay, that's not so awesome. I keep going. And that's where I, I, I find the, it's the stuff that's in between. That's where the, the gold is. It's the in between the highs and the lows. That's where you want to stay. Um, so, yeah, so that's the work in progress theory I have about, <laughs> about life. Um, um, uh-huh. um, the one man show uh, I definitely think that that was evidence of of that because I was challenged by the one man show. The stories that that came out of me that I didn't have this understanding at that time, you know. And I think that's what I I had to allow myself to uh, to be able to write is that okay, you know, this is kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but but I'm like, but I didn't know what I knew then, right? And I would I would think that if somebody says, oh, wow, you did that, or you were like that, and, and thinking like, oh, but you're, you're, but you're so much more together right now. I'm like, yeah, and, and, and I am, and I would hope that people don't think that, oh, because I've done certain things in my life that I can't be genuine in who I am today. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so, so a one-man show uh, definitely – um, has that display of, you know, work in progress. That's really the character, a work in progress. And oh, the, <laughs> the violence in the trans community. I, I have a hard time with that I, 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 because I feel somewhat trans privileged. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, most of my life, I have been seen as a male. Um, and so even when I was walking around with my girlfriend, 
I didn't have the the toxic male energy that would get thrown at butch femme couples or lesbian couples that I oftentimes hear happens with them um, because guys would think, oh, it's a guy and a girl. And so when I, and my trans identity, uh, I've, it's it almost feels like the only thing that's changed is pronouns. The people in my inner circle now call me sir, or I mean sir, but yeah, they call me sir, or they call me he pronouns. But, mm-hmm. but my outer circle, the bigger world, has always seen me as he. I've rarely gotten she in my entire life. Like even as a little girl, I was considered, a little, the people would think I was a little boy. Um, so, but because of that privilege, I've not been exposed to it. So it's maddening to see it happen to my trans sisters. Um, I don't think that my trans brothers get it as much. Um, but I, I, re- I relate to my trans sisters because when I was a, a butch woman masculine, I faced the same kind of hostility. Oh, you're not, you're not, you're not a woman because you're not feminine. You know, and that just, and that's in my show, you know, like, so I speak to these groups because I feel like I've, I've lived through them. Like I get it and I understand it. Um, as an artist, I want to continue to be able to tell those stories. Um, I don't think that I have to be a, 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 a butch woman identified to tell a butch woman's story in the same way that when I was a, a masculine female or a butch woman, um, I played male and female roles as an actor, you know? So as a trans black man, I'm not going to limit myself from telling those stories because I still feel the same connection. Um, I still feel um, that I'm able to tell them. And even though I might not experience, you know, the the hostility, I have, I I do experience similar things and challenges that, 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 these groups do when I do come out, like when I do come out, I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. You know? And so I do know that people have these hostilities born, uh, born from uh, an expectation or like the way they see you. So I have a line, for instance, in the, in the, in the, in the one man show, it's like, if I don't tell you who I am, then who are you really needing? You know, if you get to tell me who I am, then I'm just basically fitting a profile that you want me to fit in your mind. And, and, and that's really, that's the challenge right now, I think, with, with society as a whole, is that we should be able to respect what the other person um, is, you know, whether they're Christian, Muslim, Sikh. It, uh, straight, gay, bisexual, pansexual—like we need to be able to hear what who they are when we meet them. And so the thing is, is that we can't go. Like, I don't want to, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, you know. And just you're going to be this because this is how I see you. And now, oh, oh you're that. Okay, so uh, I don't think I'm going to be friends with you. I don't know that that is a genuine way to exist in the world. Um, but that's kind of the model that we have with socialization. You know, like if we really knew everything about someone, um, we might not want to talk to them. And it's about compassion. It's about having compassion. Um, And we learn when we meet people, I think it's about learning about them. It's not about just knowing who they are. When you meet someone, you have to also know that you're going to be learning about them. Um, And so I think that that's a good thing to keep in mind. Uh, Would it stop the violence against 
black trans people, black trans women, I doubt it. Um, I, again, that just speaks to the expectation that in order to be a female, you have to be feminine. And I just know that that's bullshit. <clears throat> you know, there are women who are cis who are not feminine. And yet, because they have a, a sex organ that is uh, a, a, of, of, of a female, then, okay, we'll give them a pass. I think that that's wrong to identify somebody's gender based on their sex organ. You know, I think that we're more than just sex organs. <laughs> you know, we're human beings. We're whole beings. And um, I've had to, I had to really relearn a lot of things. You know, even myself, like I was, I was telling my partner, like, you know, she's, 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 um, I used to like really high semi girls, you know, like, <laughs> like nails, long nails, all of that. Like I was so into that. And, you know, I just didn't see the, the, the beauty. I didn't really appreciate the beauty in women who didn't overly like dress themselves up, you know? But then as I got older, I was like, you know, that's just a, a shell. That's not who they are, you know? And, and so when I started to be able to look past the shell and to see like who the person is, because even if you were to be attracted to that person who like, let's say on the material side, like the, the, the vein part, like they're you know, really pretty, even that it takes about two years for the other shoe to drop. And even that look doesn't hold. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It just, it won't hold you because you're really going for that person that, 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 that loves to do the same things you do. Like that's really, for me, I think that that's the true connection. And, and that's when I see people, that's true love, you know? Um, and that's, when I say true love, I don't mean just in a romantic sense. I mean, true love in terms of true love, in terms of friendship, in terms of family. I've had my own bloodline turn against me when they found out about coming out of me when I told them I was trans. I mean, nasty. Like very, very bad. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> it's just like family. And so it just it's um but I had to have compassion even for that, you know. I have to I have to understand that that's just where they are and that's not who I am. And I just all I offer is that well, if you ever want I'm not gonna change who I am. So it's on you, the door is open. If you ever want to come back into my orbit you absolutely can, <laughs> you know, but, but the galaxy is wide, <laughs> so you can keep drifting if you need to, but, but the orbit is always open, and I think that's important. Yeah. Wow, it's been a really, really wonderful conversation, you know, um, with you, Skylar. Um, yeah, about, about more than <laughs> a one-man show, <laughs> but just about, you know, just, you know, about art and about being about presence and and I want our audience know um that that and and I heard you say that your your work is just an hour long like really yeah well we we might like, be a little wow. over an hour is that too long <laughs> okay is that is that is oh, that long no, or is that thinking, I I just I just thought you know considering all that you've told us about it I thought it was going to be like I mean you know, 90 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Oh. It was. We, that's why it's a work in progress. That's why you got a draft last night. You've just been cutting, yeah. cutting, cutting. 
I mean, it's just on me as an artist, it, for me to be on stage and perform for 75 minutes is a lot. And this is my first one-man show. So mm-hmm. so I need to, um, <clears throat> I want to be mindful of that, you know, and just mm-hmm. the, the challenges it has on my body. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, I think we're like close to 75 minutes. We're trying to get even less oh, than good. that. So, oh, so, yeah. I, hope so, stays, yeah. so, I hope it stays longer as opposed to shorter. But, you know, hey. <laughs> well, we, your, your get, team, we always want experts. people to want more, Wanda. We want people to want oh. more. Well, okay. well right. I want <laughs> <laughs> And certainly your audience, if they want to come and see the show again, they can certainly come and, and come mm-hmm. back. You know, we love to have people come back. But it's just, it's so exciting. Uh, when will you be there? When will, when will um, I be able to see yeah. you? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna try to come that that first weekend, um, the fifteenth, um, if nothing else, uh, sort of moves it um, definitely because is is it the the fifteenth, sixteenth? Is it both days? Yeah, is it, is I think it's the fifteenth, okay. the sixteenth, and seventeenth. Yeah. Okay. Think, All right. Yeah. I, I think I have to look at it, but I know it's just well. I know. Yeah. You just... you have um yeah on the website it was saying how many um um. Yeah, I can tell people. You have eight performances. <laughs> so the 15th Oh, I apologize. Eight, it's actually not. At, it's not the, yeah, it's the 15th and 16th, correct. It's not right, the 15th, yeah. 15th, so every weekend, yeah, and, yeah. and on the and the 5th and the 7th are two 8 o'clock. So some are matinees and some are evening. And, and you're in, in repertory with uh, Elaine McGree's uh, Pussy Grabbing yeah. Revenge. What a great oh, title, she's right? She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. You know, you look at you look at Elaine and I, you know, she's she's white, I'm black, and yet when I when I heard her story at the read through, mm-hmm. it just was just such proof that we really there's not a whole lot of difference in our life, you know, in our challenges, mm-hmm. and I think this the history keeps me awake. Mm-hmm. Uh it's evidence of that. You know, and right. so I definitely mm-hmm. hope people see both shows. I really do, mm-hmm. because that just yeah. gives you a, a a bigger perspective of what our shows mm-hmm. really together collectively want to want to present, which is that we're really the same. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and what's really great the way that um, you know um, John has arranged it, you know, in, in uh, this repertory, you can actually do two and one. Like you can go to the 2 p.m. matinee and you can also catch the 8 p.m. same day. So mm-hmm. you can do both plays in the same weekend. Um, you don't have to go back and forth except to see it again because, ah, they want us to want more. Theater first. Okay, so we theater will do that. Theater first is the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah theater so first I is love the, the work bomb. that, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're one of the few theaters that really – does work that is it, stimulating, provocative, innovative, you know, and they really try to keep up with what's going on in the community. I just, I really appreciate Theater First and John Tracy and just the entire Theater First family. They're just amazing mm-hmm. and they really deserve the support because it's, right. if it wasn't for them, I couldn't bring the work that I'm bringing, you know, so I definitely think it's important to support the theater uh, that is putting producing these works as well. So, mm. yeah. 
Right, yeah. And I want to I want to give you a shout out for your wonderful um website. I wish I had known it before we spoke. It is just oh. so wonderful. I mean, I just Thank love you. your your activist section and your in progress in the art is just so beautiful. Um very Thank very you. attractive website, really beautiful visuals. And we have to have you on again um you know when your film is ready for its screenings and we could talk about other things we'd get a chance to talk to talk about, like your activism um, and oh, yeah. uh, your wonderful work with young people, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, more about I, Brooklyn. I, I you know that that little country in in New York. You know that's a little African <laughs> country. You know in New York, <laughs> <It's> all Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, little West Indies. You, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you're going to so enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so yeah. It's just so much fun. Um, when oh, you said you you did you get a chance to read the play yet? No, no, I haven't read it yet. No. Okay, uh-huh. okay, great. Well, when you do, I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to hearing your thoughts. But I think that you should see the show, actually, Wanda. <laughs> okay, no problem. I I can I can wait no, and see, see the, the show, show and, and then we'll read it. Later. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. See, I, I see like the that. show and be surprised. Okay, yeah, I will do that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> All right. This is so wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this chance to talk to you. Oh, you're quite welcome. Been great speaking to you as well. And yeah, good luck on everything. You know, um, you know, everything ending up on the floor. You know, um, you know, being trimmed and your trust in the process and all that good stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, (laughs) We shall see what it what it looks like next week. (laughs) Yes, we will. (laughs) Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Take good care. All right, you as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Peace and blessings. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to um, let folks know, remind you that um, 16 Bars is opening uh, Bay Area theatrically um, at the Four Star in San Francisco this evening and at the Smith Raphael in San Rafael goes from the 7th, February 7th through the 13th, and the director is going to be in the house um, tonight at the uh, the Red Star. And um, so I was thinking I probably should play, um, I should probably play this interview with, um, with uh, speech. Um, yeah, I really should probably do that. We don't have enough time for you to hear all of it, but... I really wanted to play some music. I wanted to play something inside so strong and and I could play one of the songs from uh from 16 bars and you could just go listen to the interview which was broadcast again on Wednesday this week and uh Tuesday was the first iteration. I changed it a little bit so it's a little different on Wednesday if you want to listen again. Um so I'm going to play um I'm going to play uh Inspire uh, which is so beautiful. Um, and then I'm going to play something inside so strong, you know, for Miss Mildred, Mrs. Mildred Titz uh, Walter and her wonderful book. I hope you all got it. It's so phenomenal. She's a veteran of the civil rights movement and still moving strong at, um, gosh, how old is Miss Mildred? Gosh, I don't want to say she's in her 90s, but I think she is. Uh, we have so many people that are in their 90s and 100s. I'm like, this is so awesome and, you know, just doing some great things. So I'm going to play uh, uh, 
play, play Teddy Kane's Inspire because it's so beautiful. And then I'm going to just move right into um, something inside so strong. I've been coming back and forth to jail since I was 10 years old, man. I made a career out of that. Now I realize I got a gift to make music. So it kind of fuels me that maybe somebody may hear the song and it may inspire them to at least look at life different. I wrote this to inspire you. I pray that it do. I wrote this to inspire if you're tired of the liar and the bias and the violence. Gotta stand on top of that giant Like King David and Goliath For the fellas that can't get higher Earth since so bombing up the White House Seems like the White House done got wider In the air will be hold our lighters For the convicts locked on Rikers And the lifers And that moment is hooked on cracks of the nerd kid diapers To the young black man indicted Could have been a draft pick for the Vikings Got pulled over, he ain't got a license Caught with some crack in the scale and the rifle Just cause I'm black in my skin, I like you When I walk past, don't jump like I'ma bite you Just trying to open up the door for you Cause I got manners, I'm a man, understand this fight We ain't never asked you to come to this punch Took us from my own land, called us Marcus Changed our language, whipped us bloody Death types, car can't fix with no money Time never wasted, mind elevated Raising the eighties, could've went crazy But gosh, your favor, your soul, they can save it Baby with a baby, you can still make it Child support with EBT Raise your kids on VET Pack their paychecks week to week now. Ain't no gunshots when they sleepin'. I know God watch over me. Don't 
Miss 16 Bars and hear Teddy's story. It's so wonderful. Um, well, wonderful is not the word for it. Scratch that. It's tragic. Um, but, um, you know, the the ability to tell his story in the music is, is, is a part of the healing process, which is something that's ongoing because the trauma, the trauma that, he has experienced and other men experienced in this in this particular um film story um is is really horrific um and uh, that he is still standing is a blessing and that and if you listen to the interview you'll find out what you don't find out in the film because the film ended and the relationship with Teddy continues and the other men continues because it was it's more than a film, right? It's a relationship that was built. So so yeah, you should definitely listen to the interview with Speech uh Wednesday this week, uh which was two days ago, uh the fifth. And uh and I write a, I wrote a little review and I read it on the on, on the air. <laughs> but you don't want to miss talking to the director uh who will be um at the screening at the Red Star in San Francisco. And the film is up uh today through through uh, the 13th. All righty. So we're going to play uh, Libby uh, Sifri's, um Something Inside So Strong. Wow, I just, just love um, love this song. Um, played it for my class as a, as a free write. I had to write about well, what inside of you is so strong that keeps you going when things don't seem to be going your way. Like what do you pull on? What is the energy that you pull on? You know, Who are the ancestors you reach for? So think about that as you listen to this wonderful work. And I look forward to having you join us again for another edition of Wanda's Picks. Um, Tonight um, there is an opening at the uh, ERA um, Bar, um, 19 Grand Avenue in Oakland, uh, part of the Art in the African Diaspora, uh, which is currently um, the group show is at the Richmond Art Center, and there are satellite Exhibits happening throughout the Bay Area, the greater Bay Area, like literally through, I think, March, maybe April. I'm not sure. But um, but anyway, you can go to the Richmond Art Center. Uh, and there might be a link to Art of the African Diaspora, but there's a reception tonight, um, I think, uh, 6 to 8 or 5.30 to 7. No, no, I think it's like 5.30 to 7. There's a comedy show later on. But... If everything goes well, I might have some art in that particular show. Uh, so far, I missed the deadline, but hopefully I can get something in on the walls because I have some nice work um, from uh, Senegal um, that I'd like to have as a part of the show. So we shall see. But I have something in the group show at the Richmond Art Center, uh, some work from um, from Oshokbo um, in uh, uh, Oshun Village in uh, in. Uh, in Nigeria. All right, you take good care. Here is uh, Labi Sifri's Something Inside So Strong. Father, you take my rights away. 